You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm John and we have a special podcast for you as we preview the forthcoming Scottish Women's Cup final between Glasgow City and Celtic. This is the first final since the epic contest of November 2019, where City defeated Tabernay 4-3 thanks to the last-minute winner from Claire Shine. It was City's ninth success in the competition, while Celtic are only in their second final, the last coming in 2008, where they lost 3-1 to the Highbies. We have a four-part special that features a representative from both sides, the thoughts of a well-known commentator in the women's game, and a viewpoint from the term organiser Scottish women's football. So I hand you now to Vinnie, who gets the thoughts from the Glasgow City Cup ahead of the Scottish Women's Cup final. OK, so it's Vinnie here. I'm delighted to be uh, joined by, by Neve uh, Farrelly from Glasgow City. Uh, Neve, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, thanks for having me. Brilliant, brilliant. So, um, Neve, obviously um, you're, you're from Glasgow. So tell me a little bit about your, your upbringing in, in Ireland um, what was that like, like getting into football initially? Um, you know, where was there someone in your family who encouraged you along or anything like that? Um, yeah, so obviously I, I started playing football when I was quite young. I think I was like six or seven. Um, it would have started because my brother um, was football mad, so I kind of wanted to do what he was doing. Um, so yeah, he was playing in our local, our local club, um, in Lucan, um, in Dublin where I'm from and just one day there was like street leagues on and I like, came up to join and I just, it just went from there, I joined the team and yeah, have a look back. That's brilliant. And was there anyone at, at that point, even at that young age, like, did, did anyone point out how good you were or did you kind of naturally see yourself, oh, I can compete here? That's brilliant. That's great. So then, obviously, you, you you played in Ireland for a wee bit. So how did that move to Glasgow City come about? Um, so I was playing in Ireland with um, my club, Manchester United, mm. and then we won the league. So we played Glasgow City in a Champions League qualifier um, in, I'm going to say, November 2020, mm-hmm. if I can remember, recall, or October, November. Um, and then... We lost on penalties, but afterwards, after the game, Scott um, Scott Booth, the manager at the time, got in touch and asked, "Would I would I like to move over and sign?" So, yeah, it was a bit. It was a really quick turnaround. I think I had I had everything signed by like maybe four weeks after the game we played. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's just how it came about. And I suppose I just I just went for it. So that was about. Am I right in saying it was like January twenty one? That you that you officially joined up, I think, with with Glasgow City. So, like a a, yeah, yeah, a, 
a weird time to like start a new job just with the, in the middle of the pandemic and everything like that. So obviously there was a wee bit of just, uh, adjustment anyway from 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 moving teams. But um, how did you find moving to Glasgow generally? Yeah, generally it was it was actually it was fine. Looking back on it, it probably looks much harder than. Then it was um, for me, like obviously coming to Glasgow, there's a lot of Irish people anyway, so it's not it's not that big of a step, and it's also not like too far away either. Um, but yeah, when I came over, I think we had a few training sessions, and then we actually were um, we were cut off early, got cut off, and we were allowed to train uh, for like until I think it was March, mm-hmm. mid March. So I was kind of in lockdown over here on my own, um, but I did obviously. Over here, we live with clubmates and stuff like that, so it wasn't that bad. But um, yeah, obviously adjusting to to it was uh, was probably slower than than I had thought because of uh, the lockdown and COVID and stuff like that. But once we got going again, then it was fine. And like I love it over here, it's, and as I said, it's so close to home, so yeah. that's a benefit as well. Brilliant, brilliant. So obviously it was, it was Scott Booth that, that saw that, um, saw something in you and, and brought you over. Um, obviously Eileen Gleason's taken over the team now. So um, how has she helped to facilitate your place in the team? Like, like what's your style of play and how's Eileen supported you with that in the team? She seems like in interviews I've I've read with her and, and what I've seen of her, she seems quite um, like philosophical about football. Like she's she she sees it, she sees more than just like the short term of it. She's trying to bring along people rather than players, and um, you know is is wanting to develop people holistically, not just as footballers. Is that is that a fair comment? Do you think? Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, that's brilliant to hear. That's really good. Um, I think that's been a big culture change in football um, over the last few years. Um, you know, just generally speaking, I think there's a lot more focus on on the actual human beings who are playing. They're not just they're, they're not just athletes. There's there's more to it than that. And I think a lot of clubs are doing better at that. Obviously, Laura Montgomery's um, heavily involved at Glasgow City still, and I, I know that's that's a big vision of hers with the club. You know, not not just the footballing side of it. So that's really good to hear. So thinking about this season, then Neve, 
Um, obviously, there's a massive change in, in women's football in Scotland because Glasgow City didn't win the title this year. So that, that, that must have been pretty tough, um, given the dominance over the last um, well, more than a decade. But um, obviously you've got the cup final to, to look forward to. Have, have you got any particular highlights of the season so far? Um, I suppose like seasons are so long, and obviously a big highlight. You'd obviously want you'd want to win the league, um, and that we didn't this year. But um, I think it was it was quite a transition year. Like we've mm. we've had three managers in one year, so yep. um, it's it was obviously a tough tough for us to take that we didn't uh, we didn't finish out the job but like we know we're still up there we're competing mm-hmm. um, we obviously drew a Rangers at the start of the season before, before Christmas and then um, and then we had lost to them uh, I think it was 3-1 um, away after Christmas and then obviously when it came down to the, to the last game and a draw sealed the, sealed the game for them so at the end of the day, like we run off far off, and yeah, it's so disappointing that like we we didn't get over the line and we didn't win the title. But we have a huge cup final to look to look forward to, and I I hope uh, that'll be the highlight of our season um, on the 29th when uh, if we can uh, beat Celtic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a fantastic game. I was at the, um, I'm a Partick Thistle fan and um, I, we, we go along to quite a lot of the Partick Thistle women's games. So we were at the semi, at the semi-final over at Falkirk and talking about your style of play, about um, tackling and, and roughing people up. It was a pretty intense game from that point of view. It was uh, like, as as a spectator obviously I wanted my team to win and it didn't quite work out but I think any neutrals coming along to that would have seen a really exciting uh, entertaining game with uh, lots of lots of big tackles <laughs> yeah I think I think when people think of women's football they probably think that it's not it's quite nice nice and there's not many hard tackles going it wasn't in. that day yeah when you, when you turn up to a game you, you kind of, a lot of people probably get shocked with the with, I suppose uh, the standard of it so um but that's good, and obviously there was a big, there was a big enough crowd there that day, and obviously I know Partick got a lot of their men's fans were there and stuff like that. So, um, hopefully we can get a good crowd out on the 29th yeah, for the cup final. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But uh, a, a brilliant arena as well at Tynecastle. Have you played at Tynecastle before? Did you? Have you been there? Uh, I have actually not. I haven't. I haven't played, but I heard it's. Uh, I, I've seen pictures, and I hear it's nice and. Uh, the surface is going, so yeah. Um, yeah, it should be a great day. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. Um, yeah, so thinking about the cup final, I'm really curious to know um, about like the the mindset of players. Obviously, you, you you've you've had that disappointment of missing out in the league title this year. So when you're approaching a significant game like like a cup final. How on earth do you prepare for that mentally? There'll be things that you discuss as a team, like you you look at the other team and you work out the, the right tactics and strategies and, and maybe specific players to target during that game, whether heading down a flank or through the middle, all these kind of things as a team. But as a person, yeah. what do you do to try and prepare for that? Um, to be honest, like, I suppose obviously finals are are different than like you have nerves on the day and nerves like week like a week coming up to it, a week coming up to it like 
that you don't really expect that you're going to have like you can't control it but for me and I'd say for most of the players it's just like you just have to treat it as another game because if you if you play the occasion it can just get to you um, and at the end of the day it's it's 11 against 11 on the park yeah it's a good final but you just have to keep the mindset you do everything the same same as any league game you eat the same before um, preparations are the same and you just go out there and hope that that we turn up on the day but yeah I, I don't think you can really like think about it too much because if you do as I said like it'll just get to your head and you'll crack on the day so yeah I think we're all just going to look to it obviously it's a huge game and we, we want to win but we just have to treat it like any other game and just work our socks off really that's fantastic like it's, it's really difficult for for someone like me who like when 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 you when you're growing up, you maybe dream of becoming a footballer and everything like that, and you you hear so many anecdotes that the guys you went to school with and the girls you went to school with, it's not always the best players that make it into the professional game, but it's the ones with the right mindset. So I just find yeah. that a really fascinating part of the game. Like you're saying, you try not to think about the cup final too much, but like for example, I've, Scotland men's have got this playoff against Ukraine. And it's 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 two weeks away, and I can't stop thinking about it. And I'm just a fan going along to the game, so I think it must be so so yeah. difficult for players like just to be like, oh, okay, that's a cup final, that's happening. I'll deal with it at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, all credit to you for for, for doing that. Um, but it, it should be a brilliant occasion, and uh, yeah, best of luck for it when it comes. Right, okay, so Neve, just to round off. Um, if you don't mind, we're going to do a quick, uh, so a very quick, quick fire round, if that's all right. Yeah, I've got one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six. I've got six questions for you, okay? And uh, okay. With, with some of them, it's got to be just snap answers, okay? So I'll, I'll, here's an easy one. Right, favourite pre match meal? Um, eggs, I'd say toast, and then a cake. Eggs and toast, cool. Right, and then post match yeah. meal? Excellent. Anything in it? Any, do you chuck chicken in there or anything like that? Chicken, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent, nice yeah, one. Maybe I'd get a chicken and pasta. Brilliant. Do you make it yourself? Uh, sometimes, or if I'm lazy, I'll, I'll get it out. Excellent. Depends what, on the day. Where's your favourite place to eat out in Glasgow? Um, Barbini, it's an Italian on Victoria Road. A1. Excellent, nice one. Right, so kind of loosely related to that, Glasgow or Dublin? Uh, Dublin. <laughs> uh, who's got the worst taste in music in the changing room? Um, Laura Davidson. <laughs> and she's the one that's on the music, so I'm not sure how much I like her music. <laughs> right, there's another big game coming up soon as well. Liverpool or Real Madrid? Right, and an excellent. And then finally, best thing about football. Um, best thing about football. Yeah. Um, I'd say the friends I make. Oh, excellent! Love it. Oh, let's say you, you passed with flying colours there. I think Neve, that was good. <laughs> Deadly. 
Brilliant. Well, listen, thank you so much for, for, for joining us at the Scottish Football Forums no podcast and best of luck for the final. Thanks very much. Thank you. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Excellent. And I'm going to hand you back to John. Thanks, Vinny. We now t- turn our attentions to Celtic and welcome along left-back Jodie Bartle. Jo- Jodie, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> yeah, and as we're speaking, um, you're currently having a couple of days rest before you get prepared for um, the big game, so it's given you a bit of a time to reflect on the season you've had gone by. Um, how would you assess the season? Obviously, the league may be slightly disappointing in some respects, but you have a trophy in the bag as well. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, you know, there, there's been ups, there's been downs. But I think if if we're going to look at the season as a whole, you know, it's it's been a historic season for us. Um, we've we've played in the Champions League for the first time, and and honestly, even thinking that that was this season, it feels like so long ago. Um, so you know, it's it has been historic. And we've we've also, you know, like you've just said, we've already got a cup in the bag, and we're in another final, which I I don't believe has actually ever happened. I don't I don't think Celtic have had two Celtic women have had two um, cup finals within the same season. So, you know, yeah, the league. we didn't do as well as we wanted um you know not going to hide behind that but as a whole it's it's been very it's it's been great because it's been historic yeah and as you mentioned there has been um you know some highlights in there obviously um beating Glasgow City in the League Cup final early in the season back um in in December and I think it was only the second time Celtic have ever won that competition they haven't won the Scottish Cup yet so you know that must have been um you know a great occasion going down to Far Hill and um overcoming the odds in some ways because Glasgow City you just associate with um, winning in the women's game yeah um you know that that game was that was just it was unreal um you know we we'd played Glasgow City already once um in the league and we drew 2-2 and I think that because in that game we went 2-0 down um and we we were only just sort of playing a new system so we were all you know just just trying to get used to this new system um, and we brought ourselves back from 2-0 down to, to draw the game. And then, so I think we were so, we sort of had that in the back of our minds, knowing that we can do this. Um, you know, yes, Glasgow City have won so, so much for so, so long. Um, and they've, you know, they're, they're, they're league winners for a reason because they're just phenomenal in, in that sort of sense. But, you know, we knew that we could do something. We we can set we can achieve anything that we sort of set our minds to definitely. Um, and you know that I just, I, I kind of remember Kel um, in the huddle at the start. You know she said how they dominate the league, but this isn't the league. This is the cup. This is where we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna dominate this game and we're gonna come out champions. And that's exactly what happened. Absolutely. No, obviously you um, did enough to get um, to get over the line, and uh, you know and. In terms of a personal highlight for you, um, was when Celtic were also playing Hibs in the um, Celtic Park. That must be a, a big thing in itself. And you get one of the goals in a um, comfortable 4 0 victory. Just describe that feel because there's not going to be many people we speak to on this podcast that say they've scored at Celtic Park for the, the green white, and you've managed to do that. Yeah, I mean that's a feeling that that's going to live with me forever. It really is. I think it's probably a story that will, that will tell the grandkids in years to come. Um, you know, being able to score at Paradise, and I think being a one one playing there is just amazing. Like I I I love playing at stadiums. I love visiting stadiums, and to be able to play in stadiums that of that size of that magnitude, it's just it's it's amazing. I I love it. But um, 
being able to play there, but then with fans, you know, my my first season at Celtic, my first professional season was, was COVID and, and we couldn't have fans there. Um, so having them back in in on that stage in that stadium was just amazing and also having the bring uh, the green brigade turning up uh, i i absolutely love that side of things that side of football i it's that that's what i'm all about the passion that that they sort of bring and and the chanting the singing everything like is i i love it and um the day before the game um we were in celtic park and one of the i was walking past one of our coaches um well, a couple of them, it was Dan and Colette, and, and they said, oh, they're like, all right, okay, then, so when you score, where are you running to? <laughs> and I was, I pointed to the corner, I was like, I'm going to that Green Brigade, definitely, that is exactly where I'm going, and um, I did, you know, I'm, I'm not a goal scorer, I've, I've never been known to be a goal scorer, um, but yeah, it, it happened, put that ball in the net, and oh my God, I think that's probably the fastest I've ever run as well in my life, <laughs> um, sprinting over to that corner with the Green Brigade, I didn't really know what to do with myself, and I was just, ah, this is mental I can't believe this has just happened um but yeah that, that's a feeling that that will, it will never leave me I don't think ever <laughs> yeah well you ran to the noisiest part of the stadium so you must have known um kind of what you were doing at that moment in time and uh, yeah <laughs> you know although um you also come from down south but um you know did you follow Celtic a lot when you were um growing up were they something that you were aware of well you must um, have I mean, been a famous club <laughs> yeah ex- exactly like you know knowing knowing football you don't not know who Celtic are I mean um I wasn't a huge follower of Scottish football in, you know, as a whole. Um, but if, 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 I, if anything was mentioned about Scottish football, you know, two teams. Um, and the I, I've got some family friends um, and they're all Celtic. They're, a couple of them are from Glasgow and they're Celtic fans as well. So I, I sort of knew all about them through that. Um, there's a guy that I, um, I, I do a lot of charity football matches um, here with, with a guy called Marco and his friend, um, he's a huge Rangers fan. So I knew all about Rangers just through him. So yeah, like I, I knew a bit about Scottish football, you know, being, being in England, um, I've obviously followed the English game a little bit more closely but yeah of course you can't not know who Celtic are <laughs> yeah you obviously mentioned Rangers so in terms of route to the final you beat Edinburgh City 12-0 away from home in the early rounds but then you come up against Rangers now Rangers may have had your number in the league beat you three times but in both cup competitions it's been the other way but about you put them at League Cup and then 2-1 at home in the, the Scottish Cup no that that Scottish Cup game how important was that at that moment in time um I think it was hugely important, especially because I believe it was that week um, that we'd played Glasgow City and I think we got beat 2-0 on that Wednesday night, I think, or the Thursday night. Um, so it, it was it was a huge ask in itself for us to be playing these two massive games so, so close together. Um, so it was really difficult um, to sort of, you know, gauge it mentally, physically. Um, you know, the coaches had, had a... Had a had a job on their hands in in that sense as well. Um, so it was it was definitely a, a huge huge game and a huge win. And I I, I think because of our loss um, to City that week, um, that was when I think it was a bit like it's going to be a big ask to go and win the league. Um, so it was very very important to us to make sure that we progress in that cup. Um, and you know, which which is what we did. We went, I, I think we went one 0 up, and then it was one one. I think at half time, um, and then Craigie scored the winner um, into that second half. And you know, we were all absolutely buzzing, just knowing that 
you know, obviously at that time it wasn't it wasn't quite over yet. But at, at the end of that 90 minutes, we'd done it again with not Rangers out of the second cup in the same season. Um, so yeah, it was yeah, it was it was a good feeling. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's certainly um, a highlight of your season, putting Rangers at both cups uh, in the quarterfinal. You were given a tricky tie to Aberdeen, who I support, incidentally. Um, the Aberdeen giving you a couple of good games in the league, so this looked on paper a tricky tie, but. You were two and a half 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 time, and it looked as though you cruised the game um, towards the end. Um, unfortunately, from our point of view, but from from a player's perspective, um, was it um, a tricky um, a trickier tie in, on the pitch than it looked on um, when you look at the result? Um, I think um, Aberdeen made it difficult for us, um, but you know I th- we also made it hard for ourselves as well harder than it needed to be like we had chances and we weren't putting them away um and that was kind of the story of the hearts game as well the amount of chances that we had in that hearts game was was just ridiculous but you know credit to them credit to their keeper who who had a phenomenal game um but you know Ab- Aberde- i mean aberdeen away is always difficult you've got that long long journey up there as well um but you know, we we put the game to bed in the second half, and I, I got that second goal, so <laughs> I was buzzing with that one too. <laughs> just just add that one in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that you know, it, every single game's difficult, no, no matter who who we're facing up against. And yeah, Ab- Aberdeen did make it hard for us. Yeah. Yeah, and Hearts in the semi final again looked on paper because Hearts um, have been spending their season near the bottom of the table of SWPL one. This again looked on paper like. Celtic should win comfortably, but it was anything but it needed extra time. And the intervention of um your colleague, your um, fellow English woman, Charlie Wellings, to um you no know, turn up when she needed to. And you no know, just a relief in the at the end of the day just to get to that final as well as a delight, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That I mean that game was it was it was difficult. They they prepared so well, um, and credit to their manager for getting the tactics right, to be honest. And um they they made it very very hard for us. We knew it was going to be a hard game. We knew that they were going to sit in, um, and it was just how do we get around them? How do we get through them to get our shots on goal? And I think in the to be honest, in the first ten or fifteen minutes, I think we had two or three clear opportunities, and we just couldn't find the net. Um, and and that was the story of the game. We had we did we were getting getting opportunities, and like I said earlier, credit to their goalkeeper because she was. She wasn't giving Charlie a sniff at goal. It just wasn't happening. Um, and yeah, they took us to the added extra time. Um, and and yeah, we, we just finally finally got that that first goal. Big sigh of relief. Thankfully, we've got that. Obviously, job not done just yet. Um, and it was only, I think, maybe three three minutes later that she went and got her, got her second goal, got the brace of the game. Um, and then I think it was then that the game game was put to bed, celebrations and, and yeah, big size of relief. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I'm a happy coach journey. I'm um, going back to um, to Glasgow that day anyway. Um, you know, we mentioned Charlie Wellings, uh, 34 goals in 30 appearances. That's pretty good first season. Um, do you know if she's got any Scottish grandparents so she can get called up for Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I'm aware of. Not, I'm, not no, I, I don't think so. But yeah, uh, I believe she she came up the, through some of the youth um, ranks in in the English game um, for for England. Um, but hopefully, I don't know. You never know. Um, people looking at those, you can't argue those stats. You cannot ignore those stats. It's you know ridiculous yeah. her doing that, especially in her first season. Um, so you never know. You might you might see a kicking a ball about for a national team again who knows yeah I think to be fair with those kind of stats um, you know her 
Homeland should be looking at, but then they've got a bigger pool of players to play from, to, to be fair. So if there is any Scottish blood in there, we'd love to have her because we could um, do with someone else to add to an already talented Scottish pool, to be fair. Um, but what about your captain, uh, Kelly Clark, you know, um, and you know what she brings to the table? You know, she must be um, an inspirational leader to you. Yeah, I mean, credit to Kel, it's 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 a hard job doing what she does um, in in the sense of that she works full time and then and then she still is kind of with us as as full time as she possibly can. Um, and and I know how hard that is. That was something um, I did for quite a few years. So it's it's really tiring and it does take its toll. So, you know, fair play to her. It is an inspiration. Definitely just her turning up, especially in because I, I was so tired all the time and for her to be able to hide that, which I'm sure she is, is shattered 24 seven, but she, you know, she hides it and, and, and she gets on really, really well. And, you know, she's, she's a leader. Um, you know, she's my captain. She's, she's brilliant. And what, one of the things that I absolutely love about her um, is something that no one else gets to see. And it's, it's the chats that she gives in a huddle at the start of a game um, every single time she says something and it's just, it just gets you so riled up and it gets you really motivated and wanted to go. Um, so yeah, she's, she's quality. You got, you just can't, can't not love the girl. <laughs> so what about the team spirit amongst them, the girls, um, you know, overall, you know, what's that like in them? How, how, how crucial has that been to get you through at times difficult, um, you know, periods in the season, but also in terms of getting you to two cup finals, which as you mentioned before, Celtic haven't been to two cup finals in the same season in the women's game. Yeah, I mean, I think spirits are very good knowing that, um, you know, we had we had that cup final win. We've got another one. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think we're in we're in a very good place um, leading up to the last cup final. All we wanted to do was gain momentum and, and, and more momentum. And, and we did that. And I think that was the aim for the past um eight or nine games that we've, we've had was to build momentum. And, you know, Sunday... Uh, I don't want to say it stinted it because, you know, our first half wasn't fantastic against Rangers, but our second half was. Um, and that was the momentum that we're going to have to take out of that game in order to um, go into this final. And um, we're just have, having a few days off to sort of recalibrate, um, reset ourselves and get ourselves ready for that that final week. And, you know, I, I think everyone's in good spirits because especially at this sort of time of the season where you get where you see your teammates being awarded and being noticed and being recognised for um, the seasons that they've had. You know, we had had girls in the team of the season. We had Craigie, um, Caitlin, Charlie in the team of the season. And then Jazz was has, has got awards coming out of her ears. So, you know, um, so I, th- I think we're, we're quite high. I, th- I think there's been more, more awards announced today, actually. Um, I think we're up for team of the season. Fran's got coach of the season. I think Charlie's up for another player of the season as well. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think we're all in a good place. Um, we're, we've all been, always been supporting one another. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think um, after these few days off, we'll, we'll be ready to hit the ground running at the end of the week. Yeah, and obviously the final, obviously, um, Sunday 29th of, of May at Tyne Castle, Glasgow City versus uh, Celtic. Glasgow City are the defending champions, even though the, la- the last cup final was two and a half years ago, because COVID's taken out the last um, two years, unfortunately. Um, so it'll be good to see that back. Um, Celtic have never won the Scottish Cup. They've only ever been uh, won Scottish Cup final. So this is the second. Um, but 
you did beat them in the League Cup final, and the last time the two sides met in the league, you didn't have a goalkeeper. So, <laughs> no, it's um, incredible how these things happen. So, just talk about your chances um, of um, of winning at Tyne Castle next week. Oh my gosh, do you know what? When you just said that, I don't know how I forgot about that, about the goalkeeping situation. Of course, that was that was the game where we lost Clogan and then, um, sorry, Chloe Logan. And then and then the next game, um, Anna went down and, you know, the first game, I think it was Caitlin had to go in goal. The second game was Kel that had to go in goal. Um, so thinking about things like that, you know, the first, the first game was 2-0. Um, the second game was 2-1. And that was, you know, like we've said, where we've had these very unfortunate things happen to to a very important um, position on the field. Um, so, you know, we didn't get completely demolished, didn't com- get completely taken apart from it. Um, so I think going in into this game, we can't we can't not be confident. You know, like, like I said, we've been building momentum um, and you've got to be confident going into a game. The, la- the, the last League Cup um, final in, in December, I've, I've got a whole, you know, um, Fran and the, and and the coaching team and all of them did such a phenomenal job um, into to getting us into the right mind frame and and psychologically, um, you know, we went into that game sort of being champions um, already, and I th- I think that massively helped. So um, hopefully, um, they, you know, I, I don't know, do, do they do the same thing again? Do they mix it up? I, you know, I, I don't know that. That's not for me to decide, um, but. Yeah, I, you know, we're we're looking forward to it. They're, we've got to be going in there confident. Um, we've had a good good run of games um, the past couple of months. Um, and, you know, whatever happens Sunday, I think it's going to be very close. And regardless of the result, we, we're going to be able to hold our heads high um, for having such a, his, like, you know, like I said, a, such a historic season. Um, and it's been a very, very long season as well. Um, so, yeah, we're, we've... we've it's been a great, great year. Um, and I just, I just, I really hope that we can go and, and end this season um, as double champions. <laughs> well, you, you never know. You, you've got a chance of doing it. So that's, um, that's the main thing. So, um, well, thank you very much for your time, Jody, and uh, good luck in the final. Um, and we now take a neutral viewpoint from the media and hand you over to our guest interviewer, Dr. Grant Campbell. Thanks, John, for that interesting discussion with Jody Bartle of Celtic Women. And I'm really looking forward uh, to this part of the show because myself, Dr. Grant Campbell, is in position uh, to have a really good chat uh, with a man who will be very much looking at it from a commentary perspective for uh, this final Celtic against Glasgow City. I'm joined by BBC Scotland commentator Stuart Mitchell, who has been following the Scottish Women's Professional League this season. Stuart, a warm welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Really looking forward to this match. How have you found the SWPL season before we kick off about the final? I mean, it's been a, a really interesting season. Obviously, Glasgow City have lost their dominance of the league title and Celtic in their own right have had a good season of their own. Yeah, it's, be, it's been a great season overall. I think look through the teams and through the league as well. It's another step forward, which is extremely important. And it's uh, kind of moving into a new era for the women's clubs and the, the league with SPFL taking over now and and looking to try and drive things forward. And I believe that's the, the right decision that the clubs wanted because they feel they're in a position now. They want to start making the strides forward with everything that's changed over the last two or three years and, and how the coverage has changed as well. And obviously it's important to just keep building on the momentum that's been generated from that and, and take it forward. I mean, looking, looking at the two teams, 
I think Celtic will start there. They'll be disappointed with the way the league campaign's gone. I don't think there'll be any hesitation to admit that. Fran Alonso has you know, always been a, a real supporter of his players and what they've achieved in the, the short time that he's been at the club already. Um, and obviously they would have been looking to build off the European qualification from last time round, but it's just an example of how competitive it's becoming every year. The, the quality of players that are coming into leagues improving, the quality of the players that are already there are improving because of the, the, the tactical decisions and the opposition they're coming up against, the training levels, there's so much that we don't see behind the scenes that will play a big part in that as well. Um, but I, I think you take it as an overall season, he was delighted for Alonso and Celtic to win that League Cup back last year as well. So for them, they want a double. They want to make it a double. That would make a big statement. And they'll also, in part, want to have a season where Glasgow City haven't got their hands on Silverwheel. That, that also would be a big statement as well. I mean, Glasgow City, I think, you know, as much as people might look at it, well, they didn't win the league. They still had an extremely strong season. I think it's just they've come up against a Rangers side that were wounded. They came out firing from the start uh, in the League Cup and then took that into the league. And they haven't let up Rangers. They went undefeated in a league campaign. Glasgow City have done their best to, to try and prevent that. But Rangers just ended up being too strong. But Glasgow City are still strong too. And they've got a great history in this competition as well in the Scottish Cup, most recently in 2019 at Tynecastle, where the this final is going to be played as well, where a, a dramatic late winner from Clare Shine and a goal fest against Hibs in 2019 there. So they've also got that sort of legacy and that history there and the legacy of success at Glasgow City. So you've got two teams, very strong, who'll be going right at it to, to make sure they get their hands on the trophy. And as someone who's followed both teams quite closely uh, at times this season, you must be impressed at how... They have been really solid throughout the season in terms of winning matches, but also their performances as well across the season. Yeah, I mean, it's been a very challenging season because these are two sides that most people are expecting to, to win every week when they see the fixture list, but they're big challenges in front of them. I mean, you play away from home against sometimes who set up to, to frustrate both Celtic and Glasgow City, and they've got to find a way to break those teams down. And even at that, you know, sometimes goal differences coming into the equation at matches too, and then that could leave you open at the back as well at times. So if Glasgow City have maybe went a goal or two up and start pushing a bit more, there's been games, I'm thinking most notably, against Hearts recently, Partick Thistle, where two teams that are also good at hitting on the counter and building play from the back, very confident, good team spirit. So there's been a lot of a mixture in the challenges this season. But, I mean, watching it closely, I've been impressed with the... The quality on show, both teams, again, you know, most notably, you could look at the attacking talent, but also defensively as well. There's real improvements being made there by both sides too. Let's have a look at uh, each team's route to the final. Let's start off uh, with Celtic, because in their opening round, they played against Rangers and were one of the very few teams to have actually beaten Rangers this season, Stuart, 2-1. Yeah, I mean, there was a, they played before that in the early earlier round two. They played mm. against... Um, I think it was Edinburgh City, I think Celtic played against. Yes, it was. They, they won 12-0, no, that's right. Yes, they did. That, that's right, and, and the Rangers game. But to get Rangers early on in the competitions, maybe something at that point was a bit unexpected. So another challenge presents itself later. It's another big derby that's already been competed in the... It's already been contested in the league as well. And 
you know, Celtic have done a really good job of bouncing back after poor results in the league and cups under Fran Alonso in, in recent years. So, I mean, thinking back, they just, I think they just lost to, to Glasgow City in the league only a few days before that game. And then they hit back with a 2-1 win, which was, again, a big statement recently after winning that League Cup as well. It kind of showed their intent that there's trophies up for grabs here. We want them. Mm-hmm. And Celtic have always had a, a little bit of the Indian sign over Rangers, haven't they? Particularly last season. Yeah, it's, it's one of those where, you know, I think there's a lot of the men, mental side of the games coming into it as well, which has been really interesting. The coverage helps that come into play as well. But, you know, Fran Alonso has built a squad there where he's brought in a number of players and Celtic have got a different image. Rangers do too from what they've had in in, in recent years. But Celtic just have this sort of determination where they go right to the end. They're never they're never beaten. As if there's seconds left, they will use those seconds. They've done that in so many games in the last two years uh, under Fran Alonso. 94 minutes, 95 minute winners, like you, you name it. It seems like Celtic have found a way to win in different ways. And no matter what the test that's been put up to them. So when it comes to Rangers, I mean, Rangers are obviously going to look at the point at the league this season and what they've managed to do. But Celtic will have their full concentration on making it a successful Scottish Women's Cup campaign. And then moving into the quarterfinal, they were away to Aberdeen. Um, could have been a very tricky game for, uh, for our Lord's host team, but they picked up a 2-0 win. Yeah, another tough place to go. And apart from that goal they lost against Rangers, I think it's the only goal they've, they've lost in that run in the Scottish Cup. But, it's you know, Aberdeen have finished fifth in the SWPL1 table, which is a, in itself, just looking at the table, is a massive statement. But considering they just were promoted from SWPL2 after winning the league there as well, it just shows you how difficult of a team Aberdeen are to play against. They've got a lot of young talent, a lot of Scotland youth internationals, and they've made steps to secure kind of the future of their players and, and move into a semi-professional status. But that trip up to the Balmoral Stadium, despite what people may think about the stadium and the conditions, the team you come up against in Aberdeen is a big challenge. So for Celtic to go knockout Rangers, knockout Aberdeen, two SWPL1 rivals in that path is a, is a real big thing. And then the semi-final was a really interesting one because they were taken all the way to extra time by uh, Eva Olad's Hearts team, wasn't it? By two goals to nil. I mean, what did you make of that semi-final? It was, it was a brilliant semi-final. It was really entertaining to watch. And I think there was no surprise there in the sense that Hearts were able to do that because they've had performances at home where they've they've been really strong. They've started well on the ball when you could really see the philosophy that Ava Olid has brought into this young Hearts team and the confidence has grown so much. I think they were maybe able to treat it as, a, as an event, as an occasion. And then, look, we can try and get to a final in our own home stadium at Tynecastle. They'd already played there against Hibs in December in the Edinburgh Derby, and it was a chance for them to try and, you know, maybe get an even bigger event where you're at a cup final when you're looking to get your hands on a trophy. So the incentive was there for Hearts, and I think that made it really difficult for Celtic. And Celtic are obviously coming towards the end of the season. We're starting to maybe drop away a bit from the top two in, in the league table as well. But, you know... Th- none other than Charlie Wellen stepping up like she's done so many times this season to get a couple of goals when it mattered, when it always matters for Celtic um, and and secure a place in the final as well. But massive, massive credit to Hearts for that game. You could see in Fran Alonso's post-match interview as well, really respectful and praised the way that Hearts approached the game and their young team as well. So 
<laughs> you look back at that path at Celtic have had it, it's not been easy at all. It certainly hasn't. And, and you mentioned Charlie Wellings there, Stuart. Is she Celtic's key player in this final? Who else apart from her could be a real factor in this final? I think there's both teams have so many key players. I mean, you look at Celtic recently, uh, PFA Young Player of the Year, uh, Scottish Women's Young Player of the Year, Jacinta, who has been fantastic all season she just gets on the ball she always wants the ball always willing to drive Celtic forward and she's trying to slip these passes in behind defences and cut defences open and she's one that Glasgow City will already know about and are definitely going to have to watch in the final I think if you look at from a, a, a elsewhere across the pitch Jodie Bartle is a big game player um, you just mentioned her at the start of the, the interview um, from having her on before that she's got, I think, three goals so far in the Scottish Women's Cup this season. So, Caitlin Hayes has been a big player for getting goals and big occasions for Celtic, but maybe Jodie Bartle's got her name written on the Scottish Cup this mm -hmm. season. Yeah, and obviously it'll be very interesting to see how Celtic go for that because you say they're they're going for uh, a cup double, which should be really interesting for Fra Alonso's team. Let's switch sides and and uh, look at Glasgow City's run. I mean, their run has been maybe a little bit more straightforward, perhaps. I mean, they had a a very good opening win against Queens Park Women nine nil in the in that first game, and then they they kind of followed it up with a with a very impressive home win against Hamilton Academical in the in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels a wee bit like a typical Glasgow City Scottish Cup campaign in, in the sense that they they come through it with flying colours. I mean, they've scored so many goals um, going through those earlier rounds, but met their, met a, a difficult opponent in the semi-final in, in Partick Thistle, which didn't make it easy for Glasgow City on that occasion. But Thistle had a terrific cup run as well. Um, I mean, Hamilton... A difficult place to go to. They've they've shown that in the league this season, and sometimes maybe when they've lost a couple of goals, it's it's difficult for them to try and and get back into the game. But one of the things that's really important for Glasgow City is Eileen Gleeson wants to get her stamp onto the team, and will want to get a our first season, even though she's only been in for just over half of it. I think um, she'll want to make sure she gets her hands on a trophy and brings success to Glasgow City early on. And and just make that claim for going forward to say that, OK, well, we've missed out in the league, but don't write us off. No one should write Glasgow City off with their history within Scottish women's football. But because people may see if Celtic have won the League Cup, Rangers have now won the league, you bet Glasgow City want this trophy. They want to keep their hands in it. They want their holders from 2019, the last time it was played at Tynecastle, and they want to make sure they keep their name on that. And I think that would be really important for the the confidence and just the the future outlook for Glasgow City as well because I don't hope like City don't mind me saying but there has been a lot more coverage towards Rangers and Celtic and their success at times recently so Glasgow City will want to make sure there's a big reminder that they're still going to be hanging about of course they will be while we're on the subject of Eileen Gleeson obviously there was a little bit of a transitional phase while she was uh, getting things in order and then obviously she's now in charge do you think that disrupted Glasgow City's momentum this season do you think I don't think it disrupted the momentum, but I, I do think there's other other factors there maybe in that Eileen Gleeson would have a different approach. But while that may be something new that needs to be installed in, in the side and in the players, Glasgow City's tradition is winning. It is, you know, the way they play in matches, they're so stylish, they want success. That's written all over Glasgow City and that won't have changed when Eileen Gleeson came in. I think you've got to remember the challenges there of Rangers and Celtic as well. So 
these are big games and both sets of squads, Rangers and Celtic that Glasgow City will come up against, have so much quality throughout them too. So that in itself presents another challenge. So I think there, there's something to be said that next season you will see more of Eileen Gleeson's Glasgow City, whereas at the start it may have been a bit more difficult to bring that in. Mm. But there's a, a kind of summer period coming up as well where there may be some movement. They've just signed Lauren Davidson to a new contract as well. So that sort of continuity will help in a big way. But they've had a terrific run this season as well. Like I said, it was just Rangers being so strong rather than Glasgow City maybe letting up because they've still, you know, they still do what Glasgow City do. We've, we've seen it all season and I'm sure we're going to see it in the final as well where they're going to come out and they're going to make sure that they get get on it right from the off to, to get in Celtic's faces and, and make their claim for the Scottish Women's Cup trophy. Uh, then moving into the uh, quarterfinal, Glasgow City uh, beat Stella University 8-0. But it was a bit of an interesting match because all the goals came in the second half. Again, I suppose when you're someone like Glasgow City, it's all about that patience. And you mentioned this earlier on. If a team is set up to try and frustrate, you have to try and be patient. And then if you get that goal, suddenly the floodgates could potentially open. Yeah, and, and Sterling Uni have got to the quarterfinal for a reason. So quarterfinals are quarterfinals. Teams don't get there through just luck. There's good performances put in to get your get your way through there. And then, as you said, sometimes tiredness could come into it. There could be just the, the little lapses in concentration and with the quality that, that City have got. I mean, I think, looking back, Priscilla Chinchia got a hat-trick that game. Kerry Beattie got two. And, and, you know, I think that kind of goal-scoring quality, that attacking quality you know, it's persistent throughout the game and it must be so, so difficult to defend against mm. players like Kerry Beattie and Priscilla Chinchia's quality. So, you know, Glasgow City keep going just like we said Celtic do earlier. Glasgow City keep going right to the end as well. And, you know, second half, they've ev eventually managed to, to break Stirling University down and, and get the goals that see them through to the semi-final. And the semi-final against Party Thistle, a club that I've actually been quite impressed with in the SWPL this season under Brian Graham. You know, they really frustrated Glasgow City for much of the first half. I think it was 2-1, and it was only that late goal in the last sort of 10 minutes from Chinchia that eventually did get Glasgow City over the line and into the final. Yeah, and as soon as Partick Thistle hit back, Glasgow City know that they're in a game and they've got to do everything they can to, to get through that because Partick Thistle of beating Hibs in that run to the to the semi-final. And that was an impressive Friday night win against Hibs. I mean, Hibs are a strong team, so much talent through there as well. But might not just be related to the Scottish Cup, but what Brian Graham and Stuart Hall have done at Partick Thistle has been tremendous with the... I mean, there were late additions to SWPL1 with Forfar Farmington sadly dropping out, but they've brought in some terrific players. They had Jade Greenshields at the start of the season who unfortunately had to leave. Um, Rebecca McGowan's just signed a new contract with Partick Thistle and she's been fantastic this season. The way she's stepped up and the performances that she's put in in the middle of the pitch too. And Thistle were a team that had a lot of injuries sort of looking towards the new year and in, in the Christmas period um, in, in the league. And Brian Graham had to go out and get some players to add in and try and just strengthen the depth again. They brought in you know, Taylor Hamill, Lindsay Taylor, who got off to great starts there too. So it was always going to be a difficult game in that semi-final. Partick Thistle absolutely gave Glasgow City a hard time and, and made them work to get through to the final. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. We mentioned uh, a few players from the Celtic side that uh, could cause problems for Glasgow City. Let's flip it the other way. There's so many players we could choose from here from a Glasgow City perspective, but Chinchia, I would imagine, is probably going to be the key player that, that Celtic are going to have to keep an eye on. Yeah, you'd, you'd imagine Chinchia would be one for making a, 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 a pop it, getting on the headlines with a winning goal or, or just an attacking style because she's relentless that she just glides across and down the, the the lines of the penalty box and she comes deeper and she can link things up as well which then means you've got to look out for players like Lauren Davidson Haley Lauder that is always an around and attacking play that Glasgow City present and then delivery from set pieces as well scored a couple of good free kicks this season always a threat from from corners as well so Chinchia is going to be the, the one that people look at because she just got the player of the year award um, and she's had so much coverage about the, the style and the way that she plays. But I think, you know, Glasgow City have always had, you know, Scotland internationals, big players with experience. And you've still got that there in Hayley Lauder and Lee Alexander, who could be important at the back. Celtic are going to, you know, present attacking threats towards Lee Alexander's goal and she's going to have to come up and you expect her to have to make a, a few big saves as, as well at times. I think Claire Walsh has been another one who's, I believe, from what I remember looking at stat, my stats, she's started every game in the league this season, which just shows how important she's been to Glasgow City at the back and just keeping an eye on any counter-attacks. Um, maybe hasn't scored as many goals as she has had opportunities to this season, but that doesn't mean she's not going to go away in the, in the, in the final. She could always pop up from the corner or a free-kick delivery and, and get Glasgow City and herself on the score sheet then. I think there's there's so much talent, Lauren Davidson, that through both teams, there's so many players that can make a difference, that can be game changers in this final. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect advert looking through the squad list of why you should go and watch the Scottish Women's Cup final this year. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the two teams obviously met in the SWPL Cup uh, final um, in 2021, Celtic winning at 1-0. Does that have a big factor going into this or is it a little bit of a footnote, do you think? I think it will be. I think it will come into the conversation, but I don't think it will be a massive factor. You know, mainly because two teams that have seen a lot of each other in the last two two seasons um, in the league, this uh, season and last season, and have been at the top end, competing for success, competing for a league title, competing to to get their hands on trophies. I think the occasion last time and the way that Celtic handled it will absolutely come into Fran Alonso's thinking because that confidence and that belief will play a massive part mentally. I think one thing that will also come into it is the atmosphere. I mean, the atmosphere at Firhill was was brilliant. We've got a good crowd there. And I know that everyone across women's football always wanting to make steps forward. We're hoping for even more from the game at Timecastle, bigger crowd, and we'll look to uh, expand on the, the numbers that were there last time in 2019. So I think, in a way, it does a lot of talking itself. It's Celtic against Glasgow City. That, that does it. But I think that absolutely Glasgow City will use it to say, right, we lost the League Cup. We want this one. We want the Scottish Cup. And Fran Alonso will be like, you won at that time, you handled the occasion, let's go and do that again. So that's where it'll come into the, the conversations and team talks, I think. And of course, you know, the, the league season did finish. Uh, Celtic did lose to, to Rangers on the last day. Glasgow City drew with Hibs. Do we look too much into those results, do we think? Uh, I don't know, because you could always look at it where 
you know, both teams had an eye on the final, maybe. Mm. You, you see it, you see it so often when there's maybe not too much to play for in the league. It was only one game for Glasgow City after Rangers clinched the title and were awarded the trophy um, in that 0-0 draw that they both played together. I think an eye would have been on it for Glasgow City and an eye would have been on it for Celtic as well because they would, players wouldn't want to get injured. Players want to play in the in the showcase final and players want to make sure they're part of a, a team that drives their side on to, to lifting the trophy. So I don't think the results will play that much of a part because both teams will be ready from the kickoff on the 29th of May. When that whistle goes at Tynecastle, they will be throwing everything at the other side to make sure they get the win. Yep, Glasgow City have won the last two head-to-head matches, both at home, 2-0 and 2-1 in February and in March, respectively. Um, final question to you, Stuart. Who's going to win it? You can't give me that question. <laughs> um, you know, you know, you know, honestly, and I, like I've probably said this before to you, I can't call it. Like both teams have so much quality; they're both strong sides, and they've both got the incentive. Celtic, after winning the League Cup and watching Rangers win the league, will want to clinch a double when they want that headline. Glasgow City have watched Rangers lift a trophy, Celtic lift a trophy, so they want to be the next ones to lift a trophy as well and, and get their hands on the cup and keep their hands on it because. They're the holders and that that comes into it as well because you want to make sure that nobody takes that trophy off you. Um, I mean, one player that we didn't even mention and, and, and say her name in the game-changing aspect of it was Claire Shine, that she can pop up with cup goals as we've seen so often for Glasgow City and in that 2019 final, I mean, right at the end, what a way to win it. How dramatic, like exactly what you, what you usually see in these kind of occasions as well. I do think it'll go to extra time, possibly penalties. I think it'll be that tight. We we saw that in the League Cup at Fir Hill. There was only a one one goal from, from Caitlin Hayes that, that separated both sides, and that's just how tight it'll be. There may be a little bit of nerves to begin with, but that adrenaline will get going as well. And you saw that both had both teams had to come through really challenging semi-finals to get there. And I can see it going to extra time. I could see it bringing the drama and the, the full occasion getting the full minutes that it deserves um, right up to 120 and who knows, maybe even penalties. Yeah, well, it certainly will be very interesting and that match is uh, live on BBC Alba or as uh, Stuart said, at Tynecastle on the 29th of May 2022 with a 10 past four kickoff. So if you do want to tune in, uh, do check that out. Uh, Stuart, it's been great to chat to you for this very special episode of the SFF podcast. Thanks very much for coming on to chat with me. Thanks very much for having me. Looking forward to the match. No, very much so. I think so many people are looking forward to that uh, as well. Uh, let's head back to John, who is going to be speaking to Vivian McLaren from Scottish Women's Football. Thank you, Grant. Uh, in this final section of our Scottish Women's Cup final preview, I am joined by Chair of Scottish Women's Football, Vivian McLaren. Vivian, welcome back to the podcast. How are you tonight? Delighted to be here. Uh, I'm not in a hotel room in Nottingham this time. I'm in beautiful Arran. So, yeah. yeah, a bit of a change in scenery and it's sunny. Yeah, no no disrespect to Nottingham, but I think Arne's a more scenic place. <laughs> and... Absolutely, absolutely. Um, although we, my day job company, we're a sponsor of Nottingham Forest and wow, you know, they're in like the final at Wembley to get back into the Premiership. So everyone's very excited down there about that. So, Well, as an Aberdeen fan, I'm excited um, that if they win... There's a windfall coming our way for Scott McKenna. <laughs> so, um, exactly. Oh my goodness, I forgot about that. 
Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. No. Very, very good point, mate. We didn't, but unfortunately, we're not talking um, the men's game. We're certainly not wanting to talk about Aberdeen, that's for sure. Um, we're talking about the... <laughs> The showpiece event in the women's game um, coming up on Sunday 29th of May, uh, Glasgow City versus Celtic. It's a repeat oh. of the League Cup final earlier in the season where Celtic won one nil. Um, such a just tell us what the Scottish Women's Cup final means to to you. It's it's a really I mean it is a showpiece event, you know, that the Scottish Women's Cup um he's has been going. Do you know how long is it? I think it's something, I think it's over 20 years. And I think as we've done with the leagues, uh, we've grown and grown and grown it in terms of the awareness, you know, getting investment into it, you know, because when we joined, when I joined the board eight years ago, we didn't even have a sponsor. The cup was like probably smaller than your, um, you know, kids get at, at, at wee tournaments. Uh, so we really had to, to, to really give it the respect that it's due and, and, and get good sponsors in, really get people excited about it. And for me, it's a cup that joins up the whole of the game. And that's the important thing for me. Uh, you know, a bit like the, the main Scottish Cup, you, you, you can have teams that progress uh, that you wouldn't normally think would progress. Um, and it's just exciting. And I think I think for us, you know, to get that crowd 2019, I mean, what a game that was. 90th minute winner. It was an absolute... I mean, you, you could if you'd wanted to write a script on the best final ever. It was even better than that. What a game. And I think uh, we, the atmosphere was great. You know, I think we had just over 3,200, something like that. And then at the um, League Cup final there, I think we had 3,600. We're seeing things really pick up quite nicely. So for me, it's hugely exciting, hugely exciting. And... You just don't know what, what way it's going to go, you know, because the League Cup final, it was a really interesting affair, you know. It was quite balanced and then Glasgow City dominated and then Celtic dominated. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of firsts happening, you know. Um, Hibs have dominated the Cups, you know, Glasgow City obviously 14 years dominating the league until um, Rangers managed to win the league. So I think there's a big a big shift going on at the moment. And I think, I like to think that it's the combination of all the hard work that, 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 that you know, volunteers, coaches, clubs, we are doing, everyone's doing to promote the game, like yourself. And also the fact that, you know, in 2022, at last, you know, a lot of clubs are like, oh, you can play at the stadium. So that's been good. You know, I think, you know, Easter Road and all that have been, uh, you know, they did that many, you know, a few years ago now, but yeah, the fact that that's happening uh, is exciting. I was at Ibrox for the the Rangers game, actually. Uh, it was a good game. And, you know, I think they were saying that it was during the First World War was the last time that women's football had been played there because the, the women played to raise money for the First World War. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at long last, um not only are the women's are the women's uh, players being recognised now by by some clubs who have been a bit tardy, but they're now kind of giving them those uh, that kind of equal approach to a point. So I think the build up of all of that, the fact we haven't had a cup final since nineteen, 
it's just, you know, it's hugely excited. We're very, very excited. And I have to say, um, lots of people have been saying, oh, we're coming to the game, we're coming to the game. So I think there's just a really nice feeling about it all. It's not... Uh, it's not in November, you know, the, the, the other cups and the league uh, cups in November. It's usually a wee bit chilly. So we've got hopefully sun and uh, a big crowd. So doing loads of stuff. Um, and it was a fiver. You know, we we're just talking about the value for money for the women's game. It's a fiver if you're an adult. Um, under 13s are free. We're doing loads of work with that brilliant charity, Big Hearts. Um, uh, the foundation, they are just wonderful. So what we're doing is making sure that Basically, any local family that wants to come along can can get to the game. Um, we're going to be doing lots of fan activity as well. Um, it's going to be in BBC Alipa, you know, huge supporter. Um, the kickoff time's 10 past four. And I always get asked, why is it not three o'clock? Why is it not two o'clock? It's because that is when Alipa get access to the, the kind of schedule as it is in terms of, to be able to put things live. So they actually get access at four o'clock. So the earliest time they can get everything being back and set up is 10 past four. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I just don't know. I can't call it. There's so many great players on both teams. You know, we sparks, um, you know, even even in the Rangers game, you know, Glasgow City scored and it, and, and it was ruled offside. But, you know, they had, they've got a big attack and threat. Celtic have got the same. I just can't call it at all. Yeah, it's going to be a, um, a real interesting final because, um, you know, you've got two, a couple of subplots here. You've got Glasgow City who could end up with nothing. Yeah. When did you ever hear that? And Never. Celtic, um, you know, they Cup recently double. only won their... Yeah, it'll be, mm. it'll be a first ever Scottish Cup win if they do it. It'll be a first ever Cup double um, because they've only ever won the League Cup once before this season. Yeah. It's got all the makings of a, a right classic final, this one. I think they've both got huge things to prove you know I think and, and, and even you know he's saying that in terms of Glasgow City's dominance you know they're a fantastic team but you know the the, the league um, is you know gone for the first time uh, in, in all in 14 years um, you know the league cup didn't go their way they've got a heck of a lot to uh, to prove so I think I think it's just going to be an absolute belter of a final um, so yeah, very very excited about that. Um, and it's been it has been great to see you know Hearts Hibs. You know they held the, the derbies at Easter Road and Tynecastle, and I think Easter Road got I think five and a half thousand at that one in September last year. And I think when it was at Tynecastle, they got about three and a half thousand. And then in between that, we had a Scotland international against Hungary, which is obviously a competitive match versus the Jamaica game, which is 18 and a half, but you still got like, I think it was 6,400, something about that. So you can see things really shifting, which is just fantastic. You know, I mean, I just don't, I just don't know what, what we'll get because what we're getting now is, you know, I, I was, um, I was talking to a guy um, the other day who was at the, the Barcelona uh, game in the new camp, which was 95,000, and he said it was just absolutely, you showed me some photos, it was absolutely unbelievable. But what they're doing is just simple stuff. You know, I think it's like, you know, over there, if you if you support the, the men's team, you support all the teams, you support the women's team, you support the, you know, the 19s team, 
you're a supporter and you're very passionate about it. And I think that's the thing that's been missing here. And I think it's a lot to do with the culture around, sadly, how women's sports perceives in Scotland and, and in parts of the UK as well, absolutely. You know, so I think we're starting to see that shift a wee bit because you had um, the the rain at the Rangers game, you had a massive uh, crowd of, you know, the, the fans playing the drums and doing all that. And it was absolutely fantastic. And they were chanting their names and, you know, and it's just great because I think people are starting to realise, well, you know what, I support this club. And no matter what this club does, I support it. And being at the the, the Rangers City um, game a couple of weeks ago, it was queued out. There, it was queued out onto the road to get in. And I was just like, that's amazing. You know, it, may, it makes me quite emotional because you look back five, six years and it's just, you know, all the work that's gone on is just is really paying off now. So it's uh, it's good to see. It definitely is. As you mentioned, I mean, games at stadiums, I mean, we've had um, games at Ibrox, Celtic Park, at Easter Road, Tyne Castle, Pataudry's um, had one, Far yep. Parts had one. You know, it's just great to see. And um, with it going up yep. to a 12-team league next season, yep. um, you know, I made this, I don't know if you listened to the interview I had with Fiona McIntyre, who's overseeing the transition. Um, yep. I'm, I made the suggestion that when there's international weeks and stadiums, are, you know, the you know, like the Ibrox Park had a free, Make that Derby Day weekend because I bet you and you market it right. I bet you're going to get a lot of crowds. That that's the thing. I think um, you know. So there's been I think there's been a game at New Douglas Park as well. Kilmarnock too have stepped up. I think the thing is, um, I think in the past a lot of these decisions have been like they haven't been planned out or thought out. It's been like oh well the stadium's free. Why don't we just do that? As opposed to having okay, what's the strategy that we need to put in place to grow the game for the grow the women's game. And for me, that's lacking in a lot of clubs. Uh, and that's probably because there aren't people who've got time to look at it uh, or, or the understanding or the experience. You can see the clubs who think about that because they, you know, their content's great. They really plan what they're doing. Their features are great. They get people really immersed in it. You know, they're, they're planning things well in advance. There's a lot of clubs that have to catch up to that for sure. And he's quite right, as you're saying, you know, because we get, you know, who was it that I made a complaint about um, why the the Rangers City game was on the same day as the men's game? And it's like, well, because it's been in the fixture list, um, you know, for however long. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. Women's football is on a Sunday. Um, but, you know, the board came back to the game and, and, and made a big effort, which was nice to see. But I think there needs to be that real, okay, someone is focusing on this. Someone is focusing on how to maximise the women's game, just as they are on the main side. You know, how do you cross-pollinate season ticket holders? So, you you know, and some of them are doing that. If you've got a season ticket men's team, you can get into the women's team games free um, or for like a fiver or whatever. So it's just really simple things. But... Mm-hmm. You know, clubs, you know, as we know in, in, in Scotland, don't have as much money. You know, they don't have the staff. You know, if it's someone in a club that doesn't have enough staff there, you know, it's going to be an, an additional thing added on to someone's remit when they're trying to manage everything else. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of work to be done, but I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. We need to just think more strategically about it and go, as you, you're absolutely right, internationals, how does that tie in? You know, how, what do we do? How do we maximise it all? So, 
just takes a bit of sensible thinking, I think. Yeah, definitely. And um, hopefully the right people are on board to you know take on these suggestions and see what we can do going forward. Um yeah. back to the um back to the final. So a quick focus on Glasgow City. So um obviously um Queens of the game, shall we say. Um their cup record is they've won the tournament nine times and they've been runners up four times. They also won the the last um they are the current um holders yep. from that classic final of um you know, 2019, wonderful goal by Claire Shine to um to win that game, and uh, good luck to Claire with um their upcoming book sales. Um, but a lot at stake for them because obviously they lost the league to Rangers, so the, the 14 year grip is gone. They lost the league cup final, huge pressure on Eileen Gleason and her team, but um they've got a lot of winners in there. Yeah, I mean this is the thing; it's um they have a lot of winners. They've got some superb players in there. And you know it's that it's that new coach. You talk about the new new manager, new coach bounce, don't you? And you know, I think that I know that in the I think the last game I saw, I think Claire Shine got a wee bit of an injury, or she came off, or you know. So I think it's just how you use the talent that you've got well enough, and and I think that. Some coaches are really good at doing that. Um, so let's hope that, you know, they get the right lay of the land and and that they're using the, the players to, to the best of their ability. It's a shame to see you've got a few injuries as well. You know, like Kaylin Miki, great player, absolutely great player. You know, ex-Hibs player, she, I think she was in Sweden. The last time uh, I saw uh, the Rangers um, playing Glasgow City uh, or one of the games, she had, you know, Jane Ross... Uh, in her pocket almost in that game. So, you know, she's out, I think, injured. There's, there's a fair amount of injuries. So just hope that, you know, they can just get focused and, and really use the, the players that they got. Because as you know, in, in, in every game, in every, in every type of sport, it, you have to turn up. You know, you have to turn up in these occasions. And, and the champions are the ones that do. And they've always done that. You know, they have always done that. They've all, you know, I've seen them in the Champions League, you know, in cold nights when they, you know, they got to the, you know, the the, the quarters and then the and then the semis. I think they get the semis if they was it. They played um Paris Saint Germain. Was that the They've beat the quarterfinals twice, I'm sure. I think it was the quarters, yeah. And you know, these players just ground out results, you know. So they just need to, as long as they've got that Glasgow City fight in them. And and they're using and they all turn up. I think uh, it'd be, be a tough, tough match. Tough, tough match for Celtic. I think. Yeah, Glasgow City's route to the final. So uh, they beat Queens Park nine 0 at home, then six 0 home to Hamilton, eight 0 away to Stirling United. Although we were saying that game, it was 0 0 at half time. Then yeah. Glasgow turned <laughs> up second half. Yeah. Um, and then um, a pretty hard game against Partick in the CFL. They yeah. won that 3-1 um, and Partick really gave a good account of themselves that day so it, that it, was good to see as well that in, yeah. the, in both semi-finals they were both really competitive. They were because uh, I think you know I absolutely take my hat off to Partick so they had two weeks notice to to come and join the SWPL um, you know when we had a team that, that, that withdrew Um and you know, I think everyone's like, oh, how are they going to cope? They've absolutely they've done amazingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, you know, competitive semis, you know, we've seen semis years and years ago where you know Celtic were getting beaten six 0 
you know, a few years back before they, they were really focused on investment. And, that, and that's what you want. You want those, you want competitive semis, you know. And I think, you know, Thistle have been brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I mean, plot, big plaudits to them for, for their performance. But, yeah, that was a that was a tight, tight match in the end. It definitely was, and kudos for um, to Brian Graham and his girls yeah. for them, you know, them, the efforts they put in that day. So on to Celtic, also as we said, they're looking for a cup double. Um, they're route to the final, um, comfortable twelve and a one over Edinburgh City, but then a few hard games: two one at home at Rangers, um, beating Rangers in both cup competitions, two no one up at um, Aberdeen, and then as we spoke about briefly, two no one over Hearts in the semi But it needed extra time and the intervention of Charlie Wellings, who. 34 yeah. goals in 30 games. What a phenomenal signing. I joke to Joe DeBartle, has she got a Scottish granny? I don't think she has. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was reading, uh, well, I have the honour of being part of the Women's Football Awards panel. Um, and actually, you should get you involved in that because it's a, it's a very... Uh, oh, thank you. It's a brilliant process. It's a very detailed process because obviously, you know, people can nominate Uh whoever they want and and, and they, they provide submissions we get a pack about that size you know and really good and I was reading her stats and I was like wow that that goal scoring record is on it's almost like Julie Fleeton levels when you look at when you look at the the games and the goal scores so yeah I mean what what a player she is yeah um, I mean I'm, I'm joking she's got a Scottish grand but those kind of stats she could get an England call up, although to be fair, England do have a lot of um to pull yeah, from, I mean, but she could end up back great. down there. <laughs> she's absolutely great. Was she not at Bristol before? Did she was she at Bristol before she came up here? It might remember. it might have been, yeah, it might have been Bristol. So I'm pretty and sure. Then you've got, I read that. And then you've got our own Abby Harrison absolutely smashing it down there. Because remember she had yeah. a really bad injury. Mm-hmm. She had an injury. She is on fire. Like yeah. unbelievable. I think did she not get um player of the season and she's nominated as well for another award so um, it's brilliant to see but yeah Charlie Wellings I, I honestly I was reading the, some stats just uh, quite a few of the players and I was like wow mm-hmm. I did not realise that yeah they are um, absolutely frightening stats Celtic I must say in the league maybe a wee bit disappointed they didn't challenge Rangers and Glasgow a wee bit close I mean they started the season in the Champions League remember they lost to the Icelandic team pretty sure it was um, yeah, and yeah. then um, so for them it would be quite a distance third I thought was a wee bit disappointing from them but then Cups have certainly come alive and they did yeah. show in the two games against Rangers in particular and that final against Glasgow City that on their day they can compete although I will yeah. stress it in a couple of games one of the games against Glasgow City they had to play Kelly Clarton goal <laughs> because yeah, they, they ran out of goalkeepers basically. <laughs> they did, I remember that. It's it's a funny one because um yeah, it's it's I thought this season in the league to start with there's a lot of consist a lot of consistency there. But then it's kind of started to to kind of drop off a little bit. So yeah, you don't know necessarily what you're gonna get. Again, a brilliant squad. Packed full of talent, and I can't remember the winger who was honestly the sprinting that that girl did in in, in the league. Oh, who was it in the league cup final? I can't remember. I'll, I'll text. I didn't you later. see the league cup final, so I can't help. But, you um, Sorry. The just the the pace. They've got a lot of pace, a lot of pace, and just a great squad. So I think again, Fran Alonso is going to have to make sure he picks the right team for the day and that they turn up. So when you, when you match up against a City team as well, 
honestly, I think it's 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 just really exciting because no one can call it. You know, I've asked so many people, what do you think we think? No one can call it. I'm going to ask you to try and call it if you can. I know you're completely neutral. But if you were to I put um, um, what what's your um, prediction score? I know we'd love a repeat of um, 2019, but um, what's your honest thoughts? I hope there are goals. You know, I hope there are goals. Um, you know, we've had a lot of extra time in in in, in some of the cups over the years. Um, I think. No. I think it's going to be a 3-2 it's going to be something like that I think there's going to be a lot of goals who's going to win you would think that with City's experience they might have a slight edge but then you look at the League Cup final very difficult I think there's a lot riding on it a lot riding on it for both of them but for City especially they, they, you know, it gives them, gives them a trophy um, you know, uh, at the end of a of a really competitive season, so I think, I think City might edge it, but it yeah, depends. Well, it depends. You know, they need to show up on the day and, and be as confident as as they, as they have been. But then again, you've got Charlie Wellings. It really, honestly, I I I, I do you know what? I, I actually predict it will go to extra time. Well. You never know. Um, if it went extra time, we'd certainly have a, um, a potential thriller. So, listen, well, you gave us the details of the game, etc. That's all fantastic. Um, we're looking forward to um, the League Cup, uh, the Scottish Cup final. Can you just give a message to anyone who might be interested? Yeah, so you can buy tickets online at the moment. Um, five are for adults. Anyone under 13 is completely free. Um, you can turn up and buy tickets on the day, um, but you can get them online at the moment. If you go onto our website, you'll be able to get them or just Google it. Um, it is on BBC Alipa, but we, we, we want as many people there as possible. And I know that um, Celtic have been doing a lot of brilliant work, uh, you know, organising buses to bring fans through, which is fantastic. So, yeah, um, 10 past four kickoff. There will be lots of cool things to do before the game, like we did with the League Cup final. We had Santa at the League Cup final. I mean, we actually had a we had a Santa's Grotto at uh, Fur Hill, uh, and every kid got a selection box. It was brilliant. Oh, that was probably a highlight for me. I was like, oh, Santa's actually here in a grotto, and we had players signing uh, autographs, photos with the cup. Um, there was lots going on, so we're, we're aiming to have lots going on as well, so that everyone has a brilliant time. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be fun, and it's a great stadium. You know, my dad's a, a big Hearts fan, and um, the last time we had the final, I was in I was in the changing rooms going, "Look, Dad, this is what it looks like. What a great <laughs> setup!" Uh, and just really, really supportive, and and they're bending over backwards as they always do for us. So it's brilliant. So I think it's going to be a great, great event. Yeah, it certainly should be in Tank Castle's a great um, venue to hold a cup yeah. final like this. So yeah, um well listen, thanks um overall to Neve, Jody, Stuart and Vivian for their time and also to Vinny and Grant for assisting with the interviews. Uh, we wish Glasgow City and Celtic all the best in the Scottish Cup final. Let's hope for a good crowd at Tank Castle on Sunday 29th of May and a cracking cup final. <laughs>